When I was younger, I would always get sick on vacation. And I only took time off two times a year. So uh, I got sick at the beach in the middle of the summer. Uh, we have Thompson Beach Week that's been a tradition in our family for 30 some years. So we go to the Outer Banks of North Carolina. And again, in my 20s and my 30s, every time we would go to the beach, Max was sick. Um, and then I got sick every Christmas after the Christmas Eve service because uh, they would give us pastors about a week off after the Christmas Eve service. And so I would get sick then. And so I always would get grumpy at God. And I would kind of, in essence, say to God, you know, this is the one chance I get two, two times out of the year. And this is how you do me. So now, you know, like I have a lot of those conversations with God. This is how you do me. Like, you know, and I was mad and upset. And Jenny would say to me, of course you're sick, stupid. You've been go, 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 run, 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 do, do, do. You've been running on a, a, adrenaline and this is the first chance your body has had to just let down. And so of course you're sick. Now she said it in a very loving tone of voice, not like what I, right? But go, 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 do, 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 run, run, run. Uh, man, is that how we live life today? I've noticed some tweaks about that. 10 years ago, when you were going up US 27 in your car, people would get upset when the light would turn red. Ah, oh, I caught a red light. Oh, I can't believe it. Now, right, what do people do? Boop. They slip out their phone and they're, you know, scrolling through Instagram because the red light's now a chance to catch up. I've, I don't know if you've noticed this, but now if you're the second person in line at a red light, you've got to do the one horn tap to let them know it's turned green and they can go now because they're busy in Instagram and Facebook and whatever else they're doing with the phone that's between their crutch. Another thing that I've noticed is 20, 20 years ago, 20 years ago, people, believe it or not, people actually checked and read their email. Yes, people actually, there was this, you've got mail, and it was kind of an exciting thing. <laughs> Some of you are old enough to remember. I remember when email was exciting. Yeah, no more, no more, man. They just glance at it because your inbox has how many emails? A bazillion of them. And so I, I love the way one person told me this week, one of our younger people, he looked at me and he goes, Max, I just, I have an email account. I just never check it, like never. <laughs> it's like, how do you communicate with old people? Like, <laughs> okay. And then 10 years ago, in the wake of the Great Recession, uh, everybody was overwhelmed by their job, right? Because you had somebody who worked for your company that had gotten laid off. So you were doing your job and their job. And a lot of us were kind of overwhelmed by work or overwhelmed trying to find work because we had gotten cut loose. Now I've noticed that people are just overwhelmed by life. Have you noticed this? Like there's a real thing, hashtag adulting. It's so hard. I wish I had stayed in bed. Like hashtag adulting. It's a thing and it's the overwhelm. So the way that we live life in America, the way that we live life in America, go, 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 do, 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 run, 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 is a little unhealthy. Can we all kind of acknowledge it's a little unhealthy? We don't sleep enough. And so we're constantly overeating so that we can stay conscious. Uh, and, and when we, we don't have enough downtime, and when we do have downtime, we tend, to, we tend to spend it in front of a screen. And so at the end of all of that screen time, we just don't feel rested, okay? Go, 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 do, 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 run, run, run. This way of living life is too much. It's leaving us exhausted. It's leaving us overwhelmed, and it doesn't work. 
Parker Palmer, in his book, uh, what's it called, A Hidden Wholeness, uh, writes about farmers in the Midwest. So when I say Midwest, you need to think Minnesota, Wisconsin, the Dakotas, okay? Blizzards come up in these places, and it's whiteout time. You can't see anything. Back in Little House on the Prairie days, so a long time ago, they, farmers would tie a rope from their back door to the barn, and they would follow the rope. Because in a blizzard, you can get lost. You can literally die and freeze to death 10 to 15 feet from your back door. It is the craziest thing in the world. And you just saw a video of it, right? So did, could you see where those guys were going? No, you couldn't see where they were going. They couldn't see where they were going, okay? So if you didn't have a rope from your back door to the barn, you could lose your way and you could freeze to death. So what do you do? You hold on to the rope. You gotta, <laughs> if you want to get to the barn, if you want to get to the house, you got to hold on to the rope. These ropes are called blizz lines. And if you don't hold on to the rope, the blizzard's going to get you. So I want to suggest to you that God has given us some ropes to hold on to. There are sacred rhythms that if we will lean into these and do these, it's like holding on to a rope. And the rope will keep you sane and keep you centered and, and allow you to be human in the midst of all of the chaos that is America in the way America lives life, okay? God has given us a sacred rhythm in the blizzard to lead us back to him. And it's twofold. One is keeping the Sabbath, and the other is this thing called the daily office. And I'm going to introduce you to this idea today, okay? Um, for some of you, be like, I learned about that back in the 500s when it was really popular. I'm, we're going to cover it again today, okay? So, <laughs> um, Sabbath and the daily office. Part of the way that you and I are going to hold on to the rope in the blizzard of American life is by Sabbath keeping. And I'm going to tell you today that by taking a Sabbath, observing the Sabbath, it's going to make you a revolutionary in America because America runs things the way Rome did. Rome never stopped. Rome never shut down. And the Romans were always kind of grumpy at the Jews because they thought they were special because they took a whole day off and didn't do anything. Must be nice to be a Jew. Like they really, and you're, I'm, you're going to catch that in America today because Americans, we wear our busyness with a badge, right? If you say to somebody that you're busy, they're going to counter with all the ways they're more busy than you are. That's just the thing that we do, okay? So in Exodus chapter 20, uh, God lays out some commandments. And we were just here this fall, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time here. Um, remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons, your daughters, your male and female servants, your livestock, and any foreigners living among you. For in six days, the Lord made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and everything in them. But on the seventh day, he rested. And that's why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. By way of reminder, the Ten Commandments are not a, a, a list of rules that if you keep them, God is kind of in heaven, wherever that is, going, way to go. Look at that. You didn't kill anybody today. Good job. Like, woo, you know, you took a day off. Like, you know, 
it's the Ten Commandments are kind of the baseline of what it means to be human. So anything less than the Ten Commandments means that you're, you're being less human than you can be and should be, okay? And so the Sabbath was an entire day of no work, which set Israel apart from all of its neighbors, from sundown Friday to the appearance of the first of three stars on Saturday, Nobody did anything. Everybody stopped doing. And it included, uh, it included uh, all of the servants, slaves, and then uh, it's linked to God's creation. Now, this is tweaked in Deuteronomy. Uh, Moses reiterates, you must keep the Sabbath day holy and you must not work. But this phrase is added, remember, you were once slaves. In Egypt, but the Lord your God brought you out with his strong hand and powerful arm. That's why the Lord your God has commanded you to rest on the Sabbath. They had worked tirelessly seven days a week, 365 days a year for about 400 years. Why? Because they were slaves, and slaves are doing machines, they do the bidding of their master. They don't get a rest. They don't get a day off. They don't get vacation. Um, slaves are doers. Moses is saying something very important in this passage. He's saying that in Egypt, your worth, your value was based on what you could do for your masters. But with God, your worth and your value is based on who you are. You're his, okay? And so it, it's a game changer. Moses is wanting them to see this. It's a game changer. So every seven days, stop, stop. Every seven days, I've, I've had to learn this the hard way in life. Stop. <laughs> um, God takes this so seriously, he verbalizes in the prophets when they're uh, cutting corners about Sabbath keeping through the prophet Jeremiah. This is what the Lord says. Oh, listen to my warning. Stop carrying on in your trade on Jerusalem's gates on the Sabbath day. Don't do your work on the Sabbath. Make it a holy day. You can see his crotchetiness coming out here. I gave this command to your ancestors, but they didn't listen or obey. They refused to pay attention. And then through Ezekiel, your priests have violated my instructions and defiled my holy things. They make no distinction between what is holy and what is not, and they don't teach my people the difference between what's ceremonially clean and what isn't. They disregard my Sabbath days so that I am dishonored among them. So in Sabbath keeping, we say no to work. We say no to to-do lists. We say yes to places, activities, people that create delight in us and rest in us. One of the things that I'm learning, and I've admitted that I'm a slow learner, um, you know, for those of you that know me, you know that when the weather's warmer, I'll take a God day where I get away on the lake to hear God and kind of get uh, recentered and produce sermons and stuff like that. Um, I, it's just dawned on me in the last year that on my Sabbath days, I had to be going outside. Like, how long did it take me to connect the dots to go, you know, I should be outside. I should be hiking with some friends on my Sabbath day. Like, so I'm just saying to you, you're going to have to figure out what those things are for you, but make the connection between what you're saying yes to, okay? In Sabbath keeping, we, we say no to work, but we say yes to people, places, 
uh, activities that bring about rest and delight in us. That's the first strand of this rope is Sabbath keeping. The other strand of this rope has to do with being intentional to connect with God several times during the day. That's what Benedict is talking about. This is Saint Benedict from about 525 AD. um, And he kind of formalized something that he called the eight daily offices. And he was basing it on the practice of Jews that had done this for hundreds of years and then the earliest Christians, okay? And so in all of the stuff that he's, he kind of organized, he's really just talking about some basic things. And I wanna highlight the basic things that kind of inform the daily office or the daily offices. And the first is two to three times a day or more, could you just stop? <laughs> two to three times a day, just stop. Close out the computer. Go to a different place if you need to. Just stop. Part of our time with God, uh, part of the dynamic of that is that it should be unhurried. Does it mean you're having to stop and spend like an hour at a time doing it? No. It can be as little as, say, two to five minutes. But you're stopping your doing and you're pausing to be with God. And part of that stopping is an acknowledgement that God's God and I'm not. And that's really good news for me. <laughs> Let me say that again. God's God and I'm not. And that's really good news. It's really good news. The second kind of component to this is centering. Um, sometimes for some of us that's sitting still or straight. Or a few weeks ago, we all did the brief Jesus prayer together. And I'm right You breathe in, you breathe out. You know, there's a reason that a lot of people do this breathing exercise and centering thing. We Christians do it by, as we're breathing in, Lord Jesus, and as we're breathing out, have mercy. Although my favorite version of that is, Lord Jesus, help me, (laughs) okay? Some of you are there sometimes, okay? So getting centered and then, Another part of that is just being silent. Uh, Henry Nouwen puts it this way. He says, without solitude, it is impossible to live a spiritual life. And that goes for you extroverts and verbal processors too, okay? Without without solitude, it's impossible to live a spiritual life. Your world, my world, is a world of constant on. You can't even go into a waiting room now without TVs blaring at you, right? Like it used to be if you went to the doctor's office or you went someplace where you had to wait, like it was silence. No, not anymore. There's like stuff. And so you're constantly bombarded with noise and chaos all the time. Silence can kind of help you hear yourself and hear God's voice. And the last part of that is just having scripture be part of it. Um, Last week, I talked about the fact that the Psalms are the prayer book for the church, for God's people. When we're reading through the Psalms, we're learning how to pray and how to talk to God. You can have Old Testament, New Testament readings. The point is God still speaks through his word, his living word, Jesus Christ, and his written word, the Bible. And it's good to get the word in you, okay? So where where does this come from? In the book of Daniel, uh, 
something happened, one of many things that happened to Daniel. In chapter 6, we find out a rule that gets passed. So the administrators and high officers went to the king and said, long live King Darius. We're all in agreement. We administrators, officials, high officers, advisors, governors. The king, the king should make a law that will be strictly enforced. Give orders that for the next 30 days, any person who prays to anyone, divine or human, except to you, your majesty, will be thrown into the den of lions. And now, your majesty, issue and sign this law so that it cannot be changed, an official law of the Medes and Persians that cannot be revoked. So Darius signed the law. But when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with its windows open toward Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day, just as he had always done, giving thanks to God. The Jews had this practice of stopping and connecting with God three times a day. In the morning, it was the Shema and the uh, Tefillah. Uh, I can't say the Hebrew words right. If James were here, he could help me. Um, but the Shema is the, uh, hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. You must love the Lord your God. And then the Tefillah was things like, blessed art thou, O Lord, God of Abraham, God of Isaac, God of Jacob, most high God, Lord of heaven and earth. And so you would do the Shema and the Tefillah in the morning. You would just do the Tefillah in the afternoon, which would take place at about three o'clock in the afternoon, the time of the afternoon sacrifice uh, at the temple in Jerusalem. And you would kind of try and face Jerusalem if you could. And then later on in the evening, you would come back to the Shema and the Tefillah again. And you're like, Max, that sounds repetitive. I know. And yet they did it and they used it as a way to kind of connect. Can any kind of ritual become something that's just a dead ritual? Absolutely. And we Protestants are really good about bucking dead ritual. But I want to suggest to you that these, some of these tools for some of you in this room might be helpful, right? And I don't want to deny you a helpful tool to connect with God. Jesus connected with his heavenly father more than once a day. If you grew up as an evangelical or as a Baptist like I did, you were probably told, here's how you need to do your spiritual life on your own. Every morning, get up at the butt crack of dawn before the sun comes up, crack open that Bible, tank down a few chapters of the word of God, then pray, pray for your missionaries especially. And then when you're done, get out that journal and write some, some really killer thoughts that just kind of came to you because you spent time in the word and you were praying and connected to God and then boom, you're good to go for the day. The Lord will just do all kinds of... And so I just want to say to you that it's possible that even if you have this quiet time, devotional time, the way we kind of evangelicals have set it up, by lunch, you may find yourself a little testy. And by dinner, you may actually want to kill some people. I'm just saying that that it could happen, okay? And so connecting with God more than once during the day could be to your benefit, okay? And the church has a lot of rich tools that can help you do that. So all I wanna say about this rope in the blizzard is that it's gonna take stopping once a week regularly, just stopping to be, to be a human, and then every single day, it's going to take you stopping more than once to connect with God. That's going to help you to hang on in the blizzard and the chaos that's American life today. Um, 
So let me ask some questions in light of this. On a scale of one to 10, how busy are you? The Philadelphia chickens have a great song <laughs> about busyness. So does, uh, uh, what is it, uh, Veggie Tales? We're busy, busy, impossibly busy, <laughs> right? On a scale of one to 10, how busy are you? And where on the scale would you like to be? And then what do you need to stop? What do you need to stop? And then is there one practice that you do or that you have been doing, whether that's once in a blue moon, once a week, that's actually helped you stay connected to God? So what are some practical ways that we can do this? One, don't serve the Sabbath. Let the Sabbath serve you. The first, remember it, just stop. Try an experiment. Stop. Stop the working, the buying, the hustling, the running around. Put away the to-do list and just stop. You'll be surprised what stopping does. For some of you, if you don't, if you don't ever stop, I'm, I'll just tell you from personal experience, you're going to get sick because <laughs> that's your body going, oh, oh, we're, I can crank down the adrenaline now? Okay, you're going to get sick now. Okay, so, but once you've done this a while, start saying yes, yes to activities and places and people that create rest and delight in you. You know, as a culture, we go, 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 do, 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 run, run, run so much that I'm going to point out an observation I have. Bad weather is now America's Sabbath. Bad weather is America's favorite Sabbath. Because we go, 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 do, 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 run, run, run. The first sign of bad weather, everybody's like, oh, you gonna cancel? We gotta cancel. Nobody's concerned about the safety. Nobody is concerned about the safety. Nobody's like, oh, we can't have people on the roads. This is dangerous. You know what? They're all quietly hoping in their heart. I'm going to have a free night. I'm going to have a free Saturday. Thank you, baby Jesus. You know, bring the ice. Come on. <laughs> and so that's why wait for the rare bad weather day? Why not have that regularly in your life, right? Okay. So the second thing is go to sleep. Some of come on. Some of us just need some. Do you know that we Americans sleep? on average, two to two and a half hours less than our grandparents did? What? Yeah, uh-huh. No wonder grandma was a little nicer, okay? <laughs> not sleeping, not sleeping is not a badge of honor, okay? And I'm gonna have to remind you the way I have to remind some of my kids, and they protest this, like part of that is you gotta have screens off an hour before you plan to going to bed because I don't know if you know this, but your screens have this weird blue light stuff in it and it tricks your brain into thinking it's daylight. So then it's harder for you to go to bed. If you didn't know that, then you learned something in church. Woo, glory. Okay, so, all right. And then last but not least, connect with God several times during the day. Don't think of it as just a quiet time. You know, he's with you wherever you go. He's in every circumstance you find yourself. And as crazy as this sounds, where you're going to school, where you're having to earn a paycheck, God's actually at work there too, trying to work out his kingdom, okay? And stopping to connect with him a few times throughout the day. And again, this isn't about length. This isn't about, well, Max, I just want you to know this week, I spent 35 minutes of pop and I did that fourth time. No, 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 it's not about length. It's about the quality of the connection, 
okay? And in your inbox in about 30 minutes are gonna be some links to some resources that you can try and use and see if some of those will be helpful, okay? Um, you, could, you could use the daily office. Uh, you could use the daily examine. The point is try some things, experiment. If it doesn't work, throw it out the window. If it works, do it, okay? Why is this important? Could, it, could you indulge me for a moment? For those of you still awake, close your eyes, okay? Close your eyes for a moment. Think back to the last good vacation that you took, the last time that you were able to unplug, unwind, relax, do a few fun things. Maybe you were laying out in the sun. Maybe you were snowboarding. Maybe you were in a hot tub. I don't know. What things did you smell? How did your body feel? How was your state of mind? Remember when you told yourself, I should do this more often? You were right, you should. Okay, you can open your eyes now. <laughs> God is inviting us to be more than just machines. God is inviting us to be human, okay? And that means stopping, resting, delighting, and enjoying his presence, not just once in a blue moon, but regularly and consistently. Again, America is a blizzard, and you need something to hold on to. Keeping a Sabbath and connecting with God two to three times a day are gonna be the things that help you hold on to that rope.